Welcome, everyone, to Talk is Baseball. My guest today is Jordan Scott. He is the founder of um, FoulBallSafetyNow.com. So, Jordan, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. So, uh, what's this like conversation you're trying to start in the baseball world or this message that you're trying to like spread and make happen? I appreciate the opportunity, John. Um, you know, about three years ago, there was a little kid who got hit with a foul ball in Houston. And I'm just a, a longtime baseball fan and was always aware of the risks of the foul ball. And then after this little kid got hurt, I knew that it needed to be addressed because I realized it wasn't a matter of if something would get hit or crushed by a baseball, it was when. And that's why for the last three years, I've been writing politicians. I've been renting out airplanes. I've been trying to make statements and wake up everyone to the fact that minor league baseball and major league baseball has insufficient netting. Thousands of balls go into the seats at 100 miles an hour. Or how many of those thousands of balls go into the seats at 100 miles an hour? Obviously more than one and making impact. And I just thought it was time to just bring this to everyone's attention. And was there a particular time where you was watching a game and you felt like, wow, something really needs to be done about this? Or it's just as time went on, you, you just felt like it was being ignored. And, you know, rich teams usually ignore these type of things because, you know, it doesn't really concern them, that, that, if that makes sense. They don't they don't really feel the pressure. Exactly. There has been no pressure. There's an expression, kicking the can down the road. That's what they've been doing. I know people, please, everyone visit foulballsafetynow.com. You'll see that I've been on this journey for close to three years. I actually had a publicist last year and got what they call earned media from People Magazine and Boston Globe and LA Times. And they wrote about this, about what I'm trying to do, which is all good, but it's very short-lived. There's an attention for it for a minute, but there's no real momentum. And nobody is coming to my website even to seeing those articles and really upticking my signatures. Um, what I'm trying to do, why I spent the money on the publicist to get me the media was because I knew that it was something that needed to be done. We need to change the laws in America. There's a thing that allows baseball to continue operating as a business by hurting you or killing you, actually, and they're not being held responsible for it. It's, it's over 100 years old, and this needs to be abolished, repealed, so then baseball could operate a commercial business and not crush heads and hurt people. Um, hundreds of thousands of people have had serious head injuries from foul balls over the last 50 years. And nobody knows about this. I've interviewed people from my book, people that have 
impact uh, events like this, of a ball hitting them at a game, impactful events like this at a game, and they don't have any recourse, they're bitter, they don't get any money from baseball, they don't pay for your bill. But at the same time, they're allowing a commercial business to go on and not telling people in advance that their families are in great risk. So you need a combination of two things. You need to get a law change, get this fool out of baseball, and at the same time, like 150 ballparks, 30 major league ballparks, and like 120 minor league ballparks that all need appropriate netting. And the only way we'll know it's really good that greatly reduces serious risk of injury is if it's an independent of the baseball if it's uh, it has its own rules, so they they decide. They tell us they did a survey of the field. They'll tell us their engineers and architects where the nets need to go. I know that was a mouthful. No, not at all. And how many teams do you know, or do you would you say that have these nets, including minor league and major league? Yes, I'm glad you asked that. So in 2021, I surveyed the minor leagues. Now, the major league clubs that are worth billions of dollars are paying the salaries of these 120 minor league clubs. But I found out after making nearly 100 phone calls to all of these minor league cities and talking to their box offices, at least 42 of them still had no netting past dugouts. Where do things get crushed, including people, past the end of the dugouts? We're talking balls that go at straight lines at 100 miles an hour, and we know how many balls fly into the seats, thousands. And some of them, like I said, more than one of them, are going on a straight line at 100 and connecting with things. And that's just not right. And, you know, the fans that support these minor league clubs, you would think, would be protected, but they're not. Their families are not informed in advance that things will be crushed. I think that's wrong. I think our legacy is stained forever because baseball chose to not share this honest conversation that I'm having with you right now. They knew that fans and families would be hit with balls in a serious way. And do you feel like there is a lot of teams out there that try to make it seem like they're following the rules and, you know, they're adding the nets and stuff, but in reality maybe they didn't make them long enough or wide enough? Do you think there needs to be like a sort of like a, a commission or something that could like actually investigate every team in every stadium, make sure that everything's up to date? I do, I do. And there's actually a case going on right now in Illinois. There's a new term that I learned. So somebody sued. So so what happens is when somebody gets hit by baseball, they'll think they could go to court and get money for their damages or get money for their pain and suffering. But what happens is 
they usually don't even get out of their lawyer's office because their lawyer says, I can't help you. You don't, you don't have a case. They, they're protected by this thing called the baseball rule. That's that little microprint on the back of the ticket or on the e-ticket. It's like a disclaimer. So a couple of times, and I'll get to the point that you asked me, but before I do, um, then sometimes there'll be a case where they go to the first, round of the court. The lawyer would take the case, but then that's what happens. The judge says the same thing. I can't let the case proceed. You don't have any case. Baseball is exempt from paying your damages because they told you, which is, of course, in a little micro print, that they're not responsible. And then once in a while, there are cases that move forward. And that I'm hoping for, there's some some major change. Now, the reason why baseball will sometimes, not very often, will make a settlement with the plaintiff, the person who got hit with the ball, is because they did make it some way into the court, like in the middle of the proceeding, and the judge asked for something called discovery. And when the judge says to Major League Baseball, you need to let us know what you know. And if you do that, then 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 that that will be fine but baseball doesn't want to do that they don't want anyone in america to see what baseball probably knows and and i accuse baseball of this, this it's on my website they're no big no they're no different from big tobacco they knew in advance that balls would be crushing people on a regular basis and they chose not to have an honest discussion with us so when the judge in some small cases says, we need to know if you knew anything in advance, that's when baseball makes the settlement with the plaintiff. They don't want to see what's at MLB headquarters, what they have prior knowledge to. And there's a case, which I was going to get to in a minute. I'll get to it now. There's a thing in Illinois going on. There's a guy by the name of Eddie Rybarski who was smashed with the ball in 2018 at a White Sox game, and he's suing in Illinois, and the judge is allowing the case to proceed. This well, it was actually in 2021, where the judge says the Rybarski case can continue because the judge is calling something called the willful wanton. Now, I didn't know what willful want meant, but you can all look it up. Willful want on, W-A-N-T-O-N. It implies the judge is saying baseball knew that they didn't put the nets as far or wide or high as they should have. Like they made a conscious decision only to do it to a certain place, but but the judge is accusing them or at least suggesting that baseball should have done more and they knew they should have done more. So I'm not a lawyer, but please everyone look up willful wanton, want on, and we're going to learn a whole lot from this particular case, which is proceeding. Cases proceed slowly. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Hope I some of that. Uh-huh. And how many people have 
Major League Baseball Blake giving settlements to? Is there like a number on that? One more time. Like how many people has Major League Baseball given settlements to? How many people have they kept quiet, if that makes sense? Right. Well, we don't know. We don't know how many settlements there were over the years, but most people don't even get to the point where they're even going to get an offer. As I was mentioning to you, people that I've interviewed for my book, a lady by the name of Jenny in 1979 was 14 years old in New York at Shea Stadium, and she lost her eye. And unfortunately, her dad, who happened to have been a lawyer, uh, tried to get the team to do the right thing or get money or take it to court, and they couldn't get anywhere. Most cases that I've heard about, people do not have an opportunity to even go to court because the judges or the law, their own lawyer will tell them they don't have a case. Because the baseball rule is over a hundred years old, and and all it and it's a, and basically it, it 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 frees the owners from paying your medical expenses and paying for other damages that you may incur if you get hit by a ball. And the only way you know about this assumed risk that you're taking at the game if you're a former player or or someone like myself, most people go to the game not thinking they're going to be exposed to 100-mile-an-hour balls. And it's just really unfortunate that the only way the fans ever learn about it is through the little microprint on the back of the e-ticket or on on the old tickets that you'd have on the back of the ticket. And nobody reads that. And if they ever enlarged that and put those letters up on the scoreboard, fans would be like, we asked them, so should we really be sitting here with our family? And how often do these things happen? It's not every 50 years. It's all the time. So that's what I'm trying to come across, get across. And what do you think baseball should do at least to where you could be a little satisfied? Like, what do you feel like they could at least, you know, make a better effort at? Yes. Well, I've been very harsh on baseball. In the beginning of this journey, if you all go to foulballsafetynow.com, you could read some of the writings that I got. I self-published my own writing. Um before I got all the media attention, but I said that owners should be forced to sell the teams to other billionaires. Let these billionaires sell to new billionaires because these billionaires that own the teams now, they haven't earned our trust as fans. They haven't had an honest discussion with us. The only way that we can know that baseball is going forward doing the right thing is if they welcome an independent netting council. And that's not baseball's billionaires, architects, and engineers. That's regulatory agencies, billionaire, uh, regulatory agencies, architects, and engineers. Government officials 
coming into each one of these ballparks, John, and saying these ballparks need the nets to go this high, this far, and this wide to prevent those serious injuries that it's not a matter of if will happen, but when. It's a numbers game, man. And you mentioned that you would like for the government to come in and stuff. Has there ever been a time in history where the government has actually taken a step towards that direction where they've actually, you know, at least try to do something about it, about this or confronting baseball about this? Well, just in the last couple of years, um, um, I've had talks with Senator Dick Durbin's office and Senator Tammy Duckworth's office from the state of Illinois. And supposedly there was an article uh, from Sports Illustrated, Matt Martell, who interviewed me, uh, but did not use me in the article, also interviewed some of the people that have been part of some of the press conferences that I had last year when I had my publicist. He said that Senator Durbin and Manford have had discussions. Command for uh, uh, Manford, Commissioner Manford, and Senator Durbin had discussions, but they also had discussions three years ago. And I don't believe enough is being done. If everyone goes to my website at Powerball Safety Now, I've written letters to governors, I've rented out airplanes and made statements over ballparks. There's at least 42 ballparks that have no nets in the minor leagues as of 2021 season that still had no nets past end of dugouts. Where do things get crushed? Definitely past the end of the dugouts. In Peoria, Illinois, which is an affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals for the major league team worth billions of dollars they pay the salaries of the minor league teams, including the Peoria Chiefs. They don't even have netting above the dugout as of the beginning of the 2021 season. They were the worst of the worst. But the other 41 had no nets at all past the end of the dugouts. Also places where balls fly, fly in people's heads in 100. Um, so I'm doing what I can. I'm asking your listeners to go to my website at foulballsafetynow.com if they can. There's two petitions there. One is to ask for more nets. One is to repeal the baseball rule. I feel like once the fans realize that their families, John, were sitting ducks, that they could have been part of a weekly statistic. I think all those visits to those minor league games, and there's like 30, 40 million people a year that go to minor league games. There's like 80 million people a year that go to major league games. There's three times as many more games in the minor leagues than there are in the major leagues. There's around 2,400 games in the majors and more than three times as games, many games in the minors. At least they used to be before there was a little reduction in the minors, but still probably about three times. 
still 120 minor league teams. It used to be 160. Now there's 120. So we're talking about 120 minor league teams. We're talking about 30 major league teams. Can you protect the fans? Baseball players who've talked to me and interviewed with me, they're curious. I'm talking to them about their experiences from 30, 40 years ago. But it always comes out that their families were informed on where to sit and general public really weren't informed. So I believe I'm tainting the memories of fans who thought they were having a good time, but I say you got away with it. So unfortunately you may have been having a good time on the false pretenses. Somebody in the country may have had an emergency room visit and you could have been one of those folks. And if you knew in advance, you probably would have not made this conscious decision to bring your family. I think most people would think that. So, here we are having this discussion again in 2022 before the next season. Now, you mentioned that you've done a lot to try to spread this message. There was a time during the um, Field of Dreams game that you flew an airplane over the field. What was the message on the banner, and what were you trying to spread behind that? Yes, yeah, so it was a nationally televised game. It was the Yankees and the White Sox. And they were staging this game, you know, with Kevin Costner. And it was like 30 years since they made that movie, which everyone enjoyed. Um, but I I had written on the banner, um, Field of Screams, uh, net, foulballsafetynow.com, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, the message, the bigger message was that, I wanted people to go to foulballsafetynow.com and become informed. I was hoping, of course, that the the Fox television would pick up the plane uh, in the area and and give it a little notoriety. Um, But um, I believe that the people that displaced from the game, people like Jenny, who I interviewed from, who who were hurt or who lost her eye in, in, in 1979 and, and Irwin Goldblum, whose wife was killed at the Dodge game in 2018. And maybe even the relatives of Alan Fish who died at the Dodger game in 1970 and two teenagers who I talked to, who've been part of my press conferences, Alexis, both by the name of Alexis, one who had a long-term injury when she was four. She has post neurological issues. She's now 14 and, Another girl by the name of Alexis standing online, getting a snack at a minor league game, getting hit in the head. Um, fortunately, she's better with no post, uh, no, no, no serious injuries or serious effects. All these people need to be welcomed back to the game. They're all feeling like there's no place for them because they never got an apology from baseball. Baseball cannot apologize because it's not legitimate. If they say, we're sorry this happened to you, but it could happen to somebody else the next day or even the next pitch, it's not legitimate. These people need to be welcomed back to the game. Now, I know 15 people, but I believe, based on some studies, there's thousands of people who've reported to first aid based on an NBC study, and probably a lot of those people who reported to first aid had serious head injuries or lost eyes and things like that. And they need to find us at foulballsafetynow.com and, and come to us. And, and maybe there's a way that 
by us applying the pressure and getting listeners to sign petitions that these people will finally be made whole and be invited back to the game. And the only way these people would go back to the game is if they believe that it won't happen to anyone else. We can greatly reduce the chance of somebody being seriously injured at games. They do that in Japan. They can do that here. In Japan, it's a different culture totally. They have it's out in front. It's 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 up front. It's 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 reminded about all the time. The nets are higher, farther, wider. They have team attendance on each on each aisle. That if a ball does come over the net, people are blowing whistles and telling you in advance. But there's not that type of serious injury that occurs. It happens. Some lady got hurt in Japan a number of years ago. Maybe the ball did work its way over the net, and she got some money from it. But not like here. There's a lady from Deadspin magazine or a publication who wrote, she documented 15 injuries in the 26 and a half week season of serious injuries. That's one every other week. You know, the minor leagues, it's three times as many more games. I mean, I can go on and on, John. I got 43 kids documented as uh, seriously injured in major league games from 2008 to now. And those were mostly documented from the major leagues, but again, there's three times as many more games in the minor leagues, but possibly less media. So maybe there was three times as many more head injuries of children. I mean, it's sad to say. How many? A hundred and something head injuries? Long-term possible post-neurological issues with these kids because since 2008, they didn't have the appropriate netting. Now, maybe there's been some piecemeal and some changes and things to that nature, which there have been, but like I said, I know in at least 42 places in the beginning of 2021 that things will continue to be crushed at speeds at 100 miles an hour. You know, and I have all, all I can provide. I, I'm trying to put on the website, and there will be a book coming out soon. Some of the interviews I had with players and some of the interviews I had with victims will be exclusive stuff, and it will be a good read. And I think we're going to tell a really good story. And you uh, mentioned previously that this book is still not done, but when is it expected to be done by? I would like the book to be done when I do, when I believe that there'll be enough eyeballs checking it out, or I have enough platforms like yours to speak my piece and, and talk about this where people will want to get the book. Um, So, I think we're at a point right now where we're pretty much done with the book. I think we have enough interviews. We, we, we have enough perspective. We talk about the baseball rule and we believe it should be repealed. And uh, we talk about some court cases that are interesting. So yeah, I, I think the book will be done real soon. And like I said, people who are listening could definitely go to the website and, you know, find all my handles, Twitter, Facebook, and, they could send me a message, and if they have some deep pockets, they could rent out some airplanes with me for this year or make some statements. It costs a lot of money to get lobbying and get get politicians to work on change law, changing laws. But I hope that we can do it just by signatures and, and feeling, getting everyone to a place of an epiphany of outrage, like, wow, that could have been you and your family. Or like, oh, man, they didn't tell us that this was coming? No, they didn't. And they knew in advance that all those balls were coming in the seats at those streets? Yeah, they did. 
And that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Now you pissed? I hope so. So, yeah, this is what it is. Um, it, it's really a good, nice opportunity to share and, and talk about this issue. And, um, you know, I'd be happy to talk to you again about this issue. And um, I'm excited that people are excited that I'm on this journey. So join me. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. And um, I just have, like, a question. Like, I know maybe this sure. is not related to, together, but, like, um, I feel like you're, what you're doing is going to bring a lot more attention to other things. For example, I feel like a major problem that baseball has that not a lot of people talk to, uh, talk about or not a lot of people um, focus on is uh, people, you know, getting drunk and falling over, you know, the walls, the seats, or whatever it is. I feel like a lot of the stadiums are badly constructed. Uh, for example, City Field, in, which is a new stadium for the Mets, in the upper deck, uh, it's, you know, like the, the what do you call it, like the gates or whatever, like in the top. Sometimes they reach like yeah, your knee the level. Rails, yeah, like the rails, they reach the like your knee. Yeah. They reach like your knee levels and stuff. So it's like, I feel like yeah. baseball itself has a lot of more problems to deal with. Like, I feel like this is exposing more and more and you know, yeah, eventually yeah. they need to start taking it more serious because, you know, yeah, it's a lot of... I'm sure I, I I haven't really been following that issue. I do remember there was a fan or a dad who passed away maybe close to 10 te- years ago. Yeah, with the California. Texas Josh Hamilton. Yeah, he flipped the ball up there. It was in Texas. Or maybe he was visiting California. But, yeah, I yeah. Did, and that couldn't have been good for Josh or anyone else. Uh, to feel that way, that they flipped up a ball and somebody fell over. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I clearly in that particular instance, you know, yeah, the rails should have been higher. And then – and I'm not really sure I have been tracking all those issues. But, yeah, that one really, of course, stands out. Um, um, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but – you know, these, these are what I'm describing are predictable, and and they're balls flying, you know, missiles flying at people's heads. I mean, come on, we got to do something about that, about what you you just suggested about that issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they would in the short term after the, the Josh Hamilton scenario when he flipped the ball up and the person flipped over. Was that out in California or was that in Texas? And maybe he was I believe that was in, in, the, in the old Texas stadium. I see. I see. Um, so was he was he playing for the Angels at the time? No, no, Did I'm talking about from... – I know. I know uh, Josh Hamilton played for the Rangers, but then he went to yeah. the Angels. Did he come back as an Angel – when that had happened, and he was or happened to be in Texas, or you think he was well, a, he was a Ranger at the time? Maybe somebody well, could look it up. I'm not sure if it was Josh Hamilton, but I know it was the Rangers was, game, and I, I remember it was um, yeah on, on, on the TV, and uh, it was a dad yeah. with a kid, and yeah. Yeah. he ended up falling over, and it was just yeah. Um, I don't mean to single out Josh Hamilton at all, uh, at all of that. I'm not even sure if it was him. Why am I thinking it's him? Like I said, I'm not good at Googling, doing things, multitasking. But if you want to, you can <laughs> um, yeah. while we're finishing up our interview. Um, but in regards to uh, those issues, of course, they're dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I even have, 
you know, on my website at Foul Ball Safety Now, John Carlos Stanton hitting a home run. So it's not just a foul ball. It's balls that are reaching the seats. Like in the Yankees stadium, they have this thing called the short porch in right field. And, cool. and Stanton hit a kid in the bill of the cap a couple of months ago, uh, well, last season. And I wrote it about that. So people may say, oh, he's now talking about, you know, it's not safe to sit by the fence. Well, maybe it's not. If kids are going to get hit in the ball, you're 10 years old. You're not ready to face 100-mile-an-hour balls even 300 feet away. So I actually put that up on my website. It shows the video. I have several videos of fallible safety now, including the flyovers um, and the protests at the All-Star game. I had four guys out there. Um, four guys. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, I staged a protest outside of the All-Star game where I asked four guys to carry a sign that said All-Star Shame. There's some video up on that. That one has a video. All-Star Shame, Nets, FoulBallSafetyNow.com. And they interviewed some folks. They were like a producer team, and uh, they put together a video for me. And um, they produced this video, yeah. And I just thought it was a good place to, to bring attention to this so the people walking by, going to the game could see the the guys, and they attempted to meet and speak to people as well. I thought that was a good success, and I thought the Peoria plane, plane flyover was a good success, and the Colorado and the Field of Dreams flyover, I don't know how successful it was, but we tried. We couldn't get any cameras past security to take pictures of the video of the plane, but hey, I did what I had to do, and we flew over at appropriate times that were allowed to fly over the ballpark or around the ballpark in Iowa. So it was all, all interesting experiences, all trying to get the point across about, you know, each ballpark needs their own netting plan, right? And baseball has lost our trust. That's why I said owners, when I first started this journey, you never had our respect. You haven't earned our respect. You should, for, you should be forced to sell the team and let new billionaires come in and work with an independent netting council because they're the experts. They're not their own architects and engineers, but independent netting council of, of guys that have to call it the way it is and say, this is where the nets need to be. And this is where kids are free of free and clear of getting hit in the head at a hundred. That's it. In minor league baseball, at least 42 in the beginning of 2021, I'll soon to be making calls to those 42 and see if any of them have done a better. But even if they have, I don't, I can't guarantee. I'm not going to start qualifying whose ballpark is better than whose. People have asked me, how do you rate this field to that field? I'm not going to do that, John. I'm not an architect or an engineer. I believe an independent netting council needs to certify every field as almost risk-free of serious injury, that kind of thing. And we can greatly reduce all of it. I'm not going to say it's ever going to be totally safe. can't say that either. But we can prevent line drives from coming at the heads of everyone. And I'm hoping that we do that. And I want a discussion. I want to have a conversation. Right now it's just you and I, 
I, I guess I remain the undisputed narrative. So otherwise, until anyone wants to get in a room with us, John, and I welcome you having me back with anyone who wants to represent any any part of the baseball establishment, the baseball writers, the baseball broadcasters. They're also part of this baseball industrial complex, which I call this. Because you have the players' union, you have the owners, but you also have the journalists who are the guys who write for all those newspapers. And I believe balls that fly into the seats, it's part of the game. It's their job to talk about it. Why aren't all the baseball writers, probably 30 or 40 full-timers in Chicago and L.A. and New York that work for all those major newspapers, and then the hundreds throughout the country, why aren't they all, these full-time baseball writers who see every pitch of every game, getting together rank-and-file style, and saying, you know what, our family's nowhere to sit. We got to start telling the people. It's happening in the minor leagues. It's happening in the major leagues. Mrs. Goldblum, who died in 2018 at the Dodger game, she got hit in the ball with a ball behind the plate. It wasn't after the third base or the first base side past the dugouts on a straight line. It was a 93-mile-an-hour ball that came shooting back to the loge and it hit her and she never gained consciousness. If she lost consciousness, she never woke up. Erwin Goldblum from part of these press conferences with me. He's a widower. He's been to six of my press conferences. Dodgers took a year to elevate the Nets. They didn't do it the next day. Somebody sat there for a year until they did it, until they got it done. It was around Labor Day 2018 when she got hit. The games proceeded. It wasn't even reported about until months months later. His daughter found out about it and reading some, doing some research about it and saying her mother, they were saying, oh, someone's old died in baseball years ago. And she was, Janet Brody was wondering why her mother wasn't on that list. And she called the ESPN guy. A lot of this stuff is on the website. A lot of this stuff will be in my book. The Dodgers took a year. They elevated the Nets. Did 29 or 30 te- 29 out of the other 30 teams do the same thing? Could 93 mile an hour balls still go at the same angle in similar ballparks? Don't know. I did a major league report and a minor league report also at foulballsafetynow.com. When you call the major league teams, only three out of the 30 had any presence of nets up on their website. But why? The families are not demanding it when they're shopping around for seats. If the families said we we're more if the families were more informed, all thirty of those major league clubs would have netting charts or would say certain things about where balls are flying and how often. But then the other catch twenty two is the government won't allow it. Or I'm not sure if I just expressed that correctly. The government would not allow you to operate a commercial business if the owners knew in advance that kids' heads were going to be crushed. But they do, and I'm accusing them. It's on my website. I compare them to big tobacco, so I'm not taking it back. They're just as bad. They know in advance that little kids can have serious injury, and they're not informing the family properly. It's, it's, it's been happening. This is the report. This is 
my book will be like a story and a report all at the same time. And has any major league team or major league baseball in general try to ban you from any of the games or stadiums? No, I don't think they take me seriously. I think the guys who work at the game um, don't think I'm a risk as of yet. I had a lot of media last year, but there wasn't enough momentum uh, behind what I was doing. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's fine. They know where to find me, I guess. They can go to infoofalbofsafetynow.com. I'm happy to talk to you or anyone who represents uh, baseball. All right. Well, um, I certainly appreciate it. I appreciate everything you're doing, and I really, really look forward to hearing from you and seeing how this goes for you in the future. And I hope to have you back on the podcast in the future. I really appreciate the opportunity, John, and thank you again. Thank you. Take Go to foulballsafetynow.com, everyone, and thanks again for your time. Thank you.